Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today on Legally Yes, Kanye West Donda Academy is under fire as a Motley Crue member sues the band. William H. Macy is involved in some neighbor drama, and it seems the feud between Priscilla Presley and Riley Keough has simmered down. We've got that plus so much more on today's Legally Us. Everyone, welcome to Legal Yes. I'm Christina. That's, of course, Nima Romani, president and CEO of West Coast Trial Lawyers. Welcome back, Nima. Hi, Christina. I missed you. I know. I missed you, too. Hope you had some nice R&R and are back, ready to go, because um, I know that you have um, a big case underway, this Kanye West case that a lot of people are talking about. I know you're representing these two teachers that have um, that's, that have sued Kanye West um, over the Donda Academy over several health, safety, and education viola- violations. So the, uh, the two plaintiffs, Cecilia and Shikari, they filed this lawsuit in Los Angeles. As, of course, you know, they claim that the school failed to acknowledge their complaints after detecting multiple health and safety violations, as well as unlawful education practices. So among the dozens of other allegations against the school included lacking, lack of bullying prevention, no janitorial or medical services, leaving student medication unsupervised in a janitor's closet, allowing students to be picked up by strangers. The kind of the list goes on. They also said that they didn't follow any nutrition guidelines and that Kanye would spend $10,000 a week for sushi for the kids' daily school lunches. They also claim that the when they addressed their concerns, they were threatened not to reach out to him. Both of these teachers were fired in early March um, and they were not given any specific reasons as to why that they were let go, but they believed it was because of these complaints. So what exactly, so break, I mean, we, we did kind of talk about what exactly happens, but, you know, um, as somebody representing these two women, what exactly are they looking for in this case? Well, they're looking for justice, Christina. These are the two only female black teachers at Donda, they complained about unsafe work conditions for not only themselves, but for these young children. And Kanye responded by firing them. And there's a lot going on. I encourage everyone to read the complaint to really see what the allegations are. But this was not your typical school by any stretch. And it's not someplace that anyone should be forced to work. Mm -hmm. When you were reading their complaints, what surprised you the most? I mean, what surprised me is that Kanye is spending so much time and imposing such unreasonable restrictions on these teachers, how they dress, where they're supposed to go, what the kids are eating. You know, everyone's supposed to sign an NDA, but you know, this is California and 
employees have rights and you can't treat people this way, whether you're a celebrity like Kanye West or any other type of employer. Yeah. So could this school ultimately be shut down? It's possible. So, you know, when you're dealing with schools in California, there's a pretty clear distinction between public and private schools. Private schools are not subject to the same regulations that public schools are. That being said, just like any other workplace, it has to be safe. And you can't have employees or non-employees there that are in an unsafe environment. And you certainly can't retaliate against them for complaining about unsafe working conditions. And that's what happened here. Yeah. What do you expect Kanye's response to be for this? You know, you never know with Kanye West. He (laughs) really sort of marches to the beat of his own drum. Now, of course, he has lawyers. He's gone through a lot of lawyers, but I hope that his lawyers will represent him and his best interests because obviously, even though he's our adversary and he's on the other side, we do want everyone, whether they're, whether they're a party, a defendant, a plaintiff on our side or the other side, to have the best representation they can. And hopefully yeah. Kanye gets that. Definitely. Would this case be different if the school was for students over 18? Like, or does, because they're all, they're, they are minors, does that play into this at all? Well, it does. Obviously, minors are entitled to more protections. But ultimately, this is not a case involving the students against Kanye or the parents of the students. This is involving the teachers and the employees of Donda Academy against Donda and Kanye. So a little bit of a different case. Obviously, the teachers did care for the well-being of the students. So those allegations are involved in the case, but it's really an employment case against an employee and their former employer. Right. Could this school, uh, if the school was accredited, would it have given Kanye more legal protection or liability compared to what he's dealing with right now? Well, California is unique in that when you're dealing with private schools, there's not a whole lot of requirements. You have to file some forms of the state called the affidavit with the California Department of Education. The teachers need to be fingerprinted and go through a background check because they're working with kids. But really, aside from that, there's not a whole lot of additional requirements in terms of a curriculum and that type of thing. Now, again, they're the same safe conditions that apply in any other workspace would apply to Donda, but there's not these very rigid requirements. There's not a curriculum that the California Department of Education is imposing. I mean, really, as long as the private schools are safe and they comply with these bare minimum requirements, they can operate here in California. So do you foresee this going to trial or do you see this settling outside? Or can can somebody step in and, like we said before, kind of shut this school down if this is how it's operating? Well, potentially, obviously, regulators in California can shut down the school if it's not safe for the kids. And right. you know, some, some of the allegations really go to the safety of these young children. Um, with respect to settlement, you know, it, it's it's really too early to know. And especially with someone like Kanye, we don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to want to push this case to trial? In which case, we're happy to try the case. I mean, mm-hmm. we are trial lawyers and... I think this one would be a very interesting case. And our clients are on board. They've gone out and publicly given interviews and they want their day in court. They want justice. They think that they were treated unfairly. They left positions at other schools because they believed in Kanye West and what he was doing. And he really pulled the rug out from under them in a very unfair and unjust way. So um, they're willing to go the whole way. That being said, we know a very small percentage of cases actually go to trial. So um, is this going to be one of those, you know, one or 2% or is this case going to settle? Christina, I think it's too early to tell.
Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how this one plays out. All right, moving on to Mick Mars. He sued Motley Crue for what he claims is the band forming a campaign to kick him out of the group and remove him from his ownership in the band's company after he retired. So he announced in October that he would no longer be uh, touring with the band because he suffers from an inflammatory disease that he has had since he was 27. It causes him too much pain to perform. So during the announcement last fall, he said he would continue to be a member of the band despite not touring with them. And this was a sentiment that the rest of the group um, reassured their fans as well. But now the lawsuit alleges that the band members, Nikki Six, Tommy Lee, Vince Neil, they were deliberately holding out important information pertaining to the band's other companies and Mars's 25% ownership stake. So how can he kind of prove that the band is forming a campaign to kick him out since they haven't essentially been like, all right, you're out of the band? Yeah, so much going on here, yeah. Christina. Really, when it comes to this case, we have to analyze two different principles. On one hand, Mars is an employee of the band. On the other, he's an owner, and he's a one-fourth owner. So even though it's a band, mm-hmm. it's a company. So he's a shareholder and an employee. So I'll start with the employee part. What the band is arguing is that to be part of the band, you got to play and you got to tour. You can't work and be a part of the band if you can't perform. That's why they're saying that he resigned. He left the band. He's obviously saying that he was terminated unlawfully because of a, some sort of medical condition. Now, when it comes to the medical condition, we've, got, we've talked about this before. You can't fire someone for a medical condition if you can reasonably accommodate him. Of course, the band will say, well, there's no reasonable accommodation. You can't Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Tour, you can't play as part of the band from home. If you're physically incapable of playing, you just got to leave. And that's what we're dealing with here. Now, that's on the employment side. Now, he's still a 25% owner of Molly Crew. So the question is, are the other shareholders, the 75%, are they going to buy him out? Is he still going to own part of the band, even though he's not touring? So those are the two separate issues that have to be sorted out. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see if this uh, could be sorted out. Some 80s rock drama. Um, Right. So I guess it seems like maybe the group would be able to defend themselves if they had, like you said, evidence that he was unable to attend important discussions due to his illness. You know, there's a lot of different factors here. So, I mean, how do you kind of foresee this one ending since he's no longer a working member of the band, but he still wants, you know, part ownership in this as well? 
Yeah, I think he's going to have a stronger claim on the ownership side because like, even if he can't perform, he still owns part of the company. You don't have to be an employee, right? So if Mars is correct that they're you know locking him out of meetings, uh, they're not allowing him to inspect the books, records, and just have access to the finances, that's not something that you can do to a shareholder even if they're no longer an employee. So I think Mars has a stronger claim for the you know ownership side of things compared to the employment side. Right. All right. Moving on to some neighbor drama. William H. Macy, um, his neighbor is taking legal action after the actor allegedly cut down trees, his trees. So according to court documents, Pierce Brown accused um, William H. Macy of having landscapers remove Brown's trees without his permission while he was on vacation in December of 2021. The worker seriously damaged several healthy decades old mature pine trees and other vegetation. Um, the documents state that Brown returned from vacation and William H. Macy visited his neighbor to discuss the condition of the neighbor's shared hillside home, which was damaged. Uh, he is suing the actor for trespassing, trespassing to timber, negligence, and private nuisance. He's seeking a total of $600,000, must have been a lot of trees, mm. citing loss of property value, loss of use and enjoyment of his property, a loss of privacy, an increase in noise, as well as emotional distress, irritation, annoyance, yeah. and discomfort. Um, he's saying uh, that he wants $100,000 for general damages, $500,000 yeah. in special damages. Um, and he He's also requesting a jury trial. So what exactly does that mean in jury trial for something like this? Well, this is any type of civil case, right? It could be, you know, you're suing someone for assault or a car accident or an employment case. You do have a right to a jury trial if you demand one. Now, I don't think this case is worth $600,000. That would be a very expensive tree, but there may be some liability here. So the way the law works is, I don't know if you remember you were a kid, Christina, and your siblings, you kind of draw that line in your room and you can't cross the line, right? So that's really how it works here when it comes to boundary disputes. So if a tree branch is coming over your property, you can cut it. If a tree root is coming onto your property, you can cut it, but you certainly can't go on someone's property and cut down their entire tree just because it's partially coming over your property. You can't do that. That's trespass. So, you know, Brown, the neighbor might be entitled to damages from Macy, but again, a hundred thousand in emotional distress. Again, people can ask for whatever they want. Lawyers say all sorts of things, but I don't think any jury in the world is going to, you know, award a neighbor more than half a million dollars, even if Macy was negligent, liable, and intentionally trespassed. Right. I highly doubt that this would devalue somebody's home that much. But if he could prove that having the tree not there anymore devalued his home by six hundred, does that play into this at all? Sure. I mean, it can certainly reduce the value of a house, right. but I mean, again. I can't imagine a single tree or even a series of trees, you know, even if it's, the, even if it's a mansion here in LA and, you know, it's still, you're talking about a half million dollars in reduction because of a tree. Um, I don't think any jury is going to award that. This is a type of case that probably is going to settle. I mean, we've seen different cases over the years, can be family cases and we know neighbors can get nasty with one another. You know, they get into arguments for all sorts of things and then, Next thing you know, they end up in court. But this isn't the type of case that's going to go to a jury trial. I mean, how much do you, I mean, hypothetically speaking, how much do you think that he would get for something like this? Uh, you know, asking $600,000, probably not going to happen. So where do you think? No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is at best probably a five-figure type of case. I don't think you're going to get to the 100000 level, maybe 10, 20, 30,000. Again, I don't know anything about the tree. This is just kind of speculation. But, you know, how expensive 
is it to replace a tree, to buy a whole new tree, plant it there? It's not going to cost this type of money. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been a special tree, I guess. (laughs) Um, All right. Moving on. We've been talking about this. this drama, this case for quite some time. So amid Priscilla Presley and granddaughter Riley Keough's ongoing legal battle, her um, son, Navarone Garibaldi, who's not related to me, um, he uh-huh. has revealed where their family stands. He said that they are fine. There's no feud. We did go to dinner and it was great. It was all good. Priscilla is also on record saying that there's no feud. But as we know, they're in this midst of a contentious trust battle surrounding Lisa Marie's estate following the death Lisa Marie named Riley as the trustee over her estate, but Priscilla is contesting that the will, um, that there was amendment, there was an invalid signature. So if they did come to some sort of resolution, can this matter be handled privately now, or does it still have to go before a judge? Yeah, it can. They can settle it at any time. So this is a will contest. And look, Priscilla may say that it's not a feud, but there's certainly some sort of dispute, right? I mean, she's contesting who's the trustee of her daughter's estate and who's going to administer all these assets, including potentially Graceland, right? So uh, the parties can certainly settle at any time, but if not, they're going to go before a probate judge here in California. And the judge is going to have to sort through this and say, hey, you know, is this contest valid? Is this invalid? Because of course, Priscilla's saying that some amendment that Lisa Marie executed was a forgery or, you know, for whatever reason was not valid. And that's going to be a tough, for her to climb. I think she may be realizing that this case is probably going to be a loser and let's try to resolve it before um, it progresses any further through our court system unnecessarily. Right. And it's not just Riley there too. She has two other, at least Marie had two other daughters too that were also, um, you know, in this trust as well. So it seems like it's kind of like a losing battle for Priscilla at this point. I think so. I think generally speaking, there's a presumption that these types of amendments are valid, right? Lisa Marie was of sound mind. She didn't have any mental health issues. She wasn't under a conservatorship. I mean, you basically have to argue that it was a forgery, it was undue influence, you didn't have capacity. I mean, these are tough legal arguments to make, especially when she's giving her estate to her children, right? Instead of having her mom administer everything. So I think uh, if I were going to bet, I would bet on the grandkids over Priscilla. Here. I think so. All right. Well, Nima, glad to have you back. Thank you so much for breaking down all things legal with us as always. And keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.